Hi there, and welcome to the Bitch and Brew podcast. I'm Danny, and I've desperately tried to sound like as cool as the guys on the Going Off Track podcast do as soon as they hit record, but it's really not started well. This is um, episode hash key 007 of the Bitch and Brew. That's number seven to people who talk normally. Uh, it's brought to you as ever through my blog, Randon's Reviews, and my guest on this episode is the lovely Kate Coulson. Uh, Kate runs a promotions agency in Southampton called Above the Waves. Uh, she puts on mainly punk and emo and indie shows in small bars and house shows around Southampton and the sort of occasional bigger show too at places like The Joiners, uh, which is where we recorded this as well, up in the office there. Uh, Kate's also part of the in-house promotions team at The Joiners, and she's been very busy lately organising the Third So Punk Fest, which is happening in just a couple of weeks' time in three venues across Southampton. Of course, I say, like, a couple of weeks' time for the people who are listening to this on the day it's come out, because if you're listening to this in 2023, and fuck knows why you would be, but it would have already happened, and it was probably awesome... Um, admittedly the main portion of this podcast was recorded quite a long time ago and it really sucks that I've only just had the chance to get this one out there because it's super cool, it was a really chilled one to record, uh, we cover a lot of ground about how we both found our way into the Southampton punk scene, uh, how we met backstage at a Frank Iero show and then again at a house show that Kate put on, uh, we go on some pretty funny tangents as well, as is sort of customary on Bitch and Brew, and then we kind of decided on the day we were recording, like just a few hours before, that we were going to do an AMA, uh, you know, an Ask Me Anything portion of the podcast, which was uh, interesting, I think. It was weird more than anything, but thanks to any of you who sent questions in and, you know, have waited this long to get an answer, uh, once again, I'm... Sorry for the wait, the audio quality of the recording wasn't at its greatest, so I predict some of you may have to end up turning this up and then down and then up again, but, you know, that's just the way it's going to be for a little while. It's been, you know, because it's been so long since the main bit of this podcast was recorded, uh, last, weekend, uh, last weekend, Kate and I hung out again, and we had a chat about the lineup for So Punk Fest this year, because it is pretty... Um, amazing. She's put that weekend on with the guys at Failure by Design Records, whose name I'm sure you're all very familiar with now, whether it's through uh, Connor from the label being on the Bitch and Brew before, or just through checking out their amazing roster of bands. And uh, the weekend's going to be all themed on uh, Freaks and Geeks, which is, I, I just started watching on Netflix. You know, I had to stop to record this intro, but I'm sure that I'll be going back into it as soon as we're done here. So yeah, uh, stick around to the end of the podcast because there's loads of great chat on So Punk Fest. And um, oh, before we dive in, because I'm not going to do an outro or anything, we're just going to play the whole thing. Um, before we dive in, just want to say a huge thanks to everyone who had such lovely things to say about the albums of 2016 special. Um, putting that out and sort of having it become the most streamed episode of Bitch and Brew yet. Um, I I think was a really cool way to end like a fairly mixed year. So, uh, thanks for tuning into this episode as well. That's you know e- equally appreciated. I, I like I said, I won't be coming back for an outro to this podcast, so I'll say this now. But if you like what you hear, uh, then maybe give Bitch and Brew like a nice review on iTunes because that shit really means like a lot to the progression of the podcast, and maybe even share it with your friends on. Uh, Twitter or MSN or something. Do people still use that? Anyway, let's dive in. Bitch and Brew number seven with Kate Coulson. Like, 
kept kept me on track for keeping this like a tea based podcast because I did bring with me. Um, do you think that the like co op down at uh, Central Station is like slowly becoming a Seven Eleven with the amount of American stuff they have there? It's just like huge candy, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. I picked up this massive thing. I mean, this this can that I've got right now. It is. 695 mil, so it is way bigger than a monster, and this soda shack, it's got Shaquille O'Neal's massive face on it, blueberry cream soda, I don't even want to know what kind of nuclear shit this is packing. I'm quite interested for you to open that later and let me know what it's like. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to crack this open later, so we'll celebrate the end of the recording, yeah. but you have kept me on track with... Where's this from? It's from Whitards. From Whitards. Bit of loose leaf tea, obviously. Well, Whitards is the best for that. Whitards, sorry. I feel like I should be more classy. Whitards. Whitards, yeah. Um, <laughs> when we're drinking about a South Park mugs and like Stan's throwing up on my mug for some reason. I don't know, I've got, I've got a head, I've got over that his head on. I don't watch South Park. So. No. Penny? Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch South Park. Anyway, back to the tea. Back to the tea. So this is from Whitards. It is Choco Rooibos. It is indeed, yeah. So, I like it. It smells good. It's got a lot of cinnamon in it. Yeah, cinnamon and um, cardamom. Bits of like, um, I don't know, just lots of really nice spices in it. It's meant to be like a hot chocolate without chocolate in it. Even though it's It's got got the word choco. Well, it's like... It's got cocoa and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, Is it caffeine free? I don't know if it's caffeine free. I mean, I don't really care at this Um, point. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's not too late in the evening. We've got a long night ahead of us. It's fine. Well, we are here at the joiners right now. Um, I've never actually been in the office up here, and I'm looking... Because I'm still, like... How long have I been in Southampton? I've been in Southampton for a year now, so I have missed, at this point, all of the What The Fests. Yeah. And I'm looking around all of these posters now. So, what the fest number five? What year was that? Was that, that... was? It was the summer before I came to uni, and I went to it. So it was two. I think it was. I think it was 2013. Number five. I think that's what I went to. I can't remember. I remember coming to one. Yeah, the summer before I came here for uni, and it was really good. I'm pretty sure it's that one. So. Because our time down here is last show. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I never got to see our time down here, which sucks. Um, but looking at it now, like, Moose Blood right down the bottom. Yeah. Which is strange I, when you would think about it now. I didn't see them then. Like, I saw them a couple of months later at, in Portsmouth in this little social club. They were supporting dads. This is the first time I saw them. And there were probably, like, 30 of us there at, that, at max. It was a floor show. They still had all the lights on, like, not stage lights or anything. It was literally just, like, your standard energy-saving light bulb up in the ceiling. And it was just the weirdest show. And, like, no one really knew who they were. So I went, I picked up a record. I knew who they were before I went to see them. Didn't, had no idea they were going to get as big as they are now, though. There's that Moose Blood t-shirt that I've got at home where it's a couple cuddling on the bed. Yeah, that's... And they've got a cup of coffee and brand-new posters on the walls and record spin. The first I, shirt I, I bought of theirs, they had it at sale at that show in Portsmouth. There weren't many made of them. Mm. So loads of people... Like, well, so people bought them then. And then... I saw them go from UK Pop Punk and people like trying to buy them for 30 quid or whatever. So then Moose Blood printed out more. So now everyone's got that one. I'm like, oh, I haven't got the cool, cool Moose Blood shirt that no one has anymore. My, my, <laughs> uncle, my uncle kind of ruined it for me a little while ago, though, because I wore it to, I think it was some sort of barbecue or wherever. I was with my uncle. 
And uh, that uh, image is sort of drawn from a bird's eye view. Yeah. But when you look out the windows, there are stars. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to me now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, they've obviously... I can't even work out how they... No. They're in space, obviously. That's what's... They're out of this world. It's got to be the way. It's got to be the way. That's got to be what it is. <laughs> Weirdly, I want some of those stereotypes back. I kind of cringe when bands ever say the word coffee in their songs. I kind of go, oh, this is a really good song. Oh, they just said the word coffee. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of want that back with Moose Club now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's part of it, was they were like full of the cliches and like the stereotypes. And people kind of saw that and like related to it and gone, I, I don't know, I think that might be part of what was good about them, maybe, but yeah. they're still, they are still good. Don't oh, get but wrong. dude, I seriously, I remember bumping into you at Slam Dunk, and you, and we watched Moose Blood together, and they yeah. fucking killed it. They did kill it. And you had a rather sort of concentrated bottle of G and not much tea. It was no tea, it was... Uh, Straight G. Lime, no, <laughs> lime and lemon water. Which was, I found really weird, because you know when you go normally into like slam dunk festivals like that, they search a bag, any bottle of anything they take off you. So I've done the usual of hip flask of gin, another couple of water bottles of gin in my waistband and in, in, down my bra and stuff. <laughs> and totally forgot about this massive bottle of lemon and lime water I had in my bag. But um, when you went through the guest entrance, they right, the security went into my bag, sort of looked in, so I was like, oh shit, sorry, I forgot to take the bottle of water out. He's like, oh no, it's fine. Just let me walk in with this like massive litre bottle of lemon and lime water, which I wish was filled with gin now. Because <laughs> that would have been great. But I meant I didn't have to buy any mixers whilst I was in there. And it was just very, yeah, very that's... strong yeah. gin and water, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they fucking killed it at that show. It, that was it was good. It was a really good show. I, had, I think I saw you after, like near the end of it, I, when I went around the side. Because oh, I was... Yeah near the back at one point and someone turned up near me who I didn't want to see and I was just like I don't want to talk to you so I, me and Amy just walked off and bumped into you in the end which was it's alright yeah it's alright it's good <laughs> it's to see you it's good to see you yeah <laughs> galactic legend Kate Paulson <laughs> cheers Connor yeah. I'll never forget that cheers Connor, Connor P. Laws failure by design big up yeah huge big up what a guest to follow up on the bitch and brew welcome but you've been mentioned in pretty much every bitch in brew because That's you're. That's how I want it then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> what? Uh, we had muskets on the show, uh, what, a few months ago? And yeah, episode two. And that was the first house show I ever went to that you put on. And it's a really fun house show to do. That was really, really cool. Miss Brighton Road. That was, you know, that place where. There are so many good memories there. So many drunk men memories, I'm not going to lie. So was it your uh, place? It wasn't my house. It was uh, Martina's house, so, okay, Ginger Dope, another legend in yeah. photography, music photography world. Uh, all the shout-outs in this podcast, isn't Absolutely. It? Um, yeah, she lived there with a few other my friends and a few other people who, they didn't, they didn't really like having shows on, but we didn't really know them, so mm. for me, it was sort of, I don't really care if you don't like us having shows here, unless your housemates want the shows. Um... But yeah, that it was a really good space. Just, like all these shows crammed into a kitchen, so we literally have like the drums in front of the kitchen sink, and like cabs all along the side up by the oven and stuff. Yeah. And it was always packed. Every show there, 
always packed. In fact, the last show that we did there, which was the Gunshy EP release show, um, they decided that Josh decided he wanted to take the door off the hinges to the garden. So it was so loud because we just couldn't contain the sound in mm. there. Um, and the guys in Gunshy, they just love to whack everything up really high and like just blast you away because that's part of what they do, isn't it? Well, better neighbours love that. Uh, do you know what? We only ever had one complaint and that was when we did the musket show, the first one. It was on a, I think it was a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or something. Um, so we stupidly did it on a weeknight and we had an old guy who lived across the road just come in and near the end of musket set and just say, when's this going to end? I've got work tomorrow morning. And we just said, it's fine, they're playing their last song, last two songs. And he was like, oh, that's fine then, right? And he just walked off. Hmm. Um, and we never had any problems there ever again. I think that was always something that, you know, because... Where, where, where I'm from, before I moved to Southampton, we didn't really have house shows at all. It was like either shows down a pub or shows at a youth centre. So, And then the youth centre got shut down, so there were no young bands anymore. And it mm-hmm. kind of, the, the young scene perished. And I wish it kind of transcended into house shows or, or more descended as such, you know. Yeah. But, um, I, I remember going to this first house show at Brighton Road, that musket show, so what was muskets, new task, wallflower, and Lewis from Prestamico was covering drums on wallflower and that was tight as shit. And there was another band, uh, Scared of Everything. That was it. Yeah. And um, yeah, because they pretty much trying, they were hanging off the hob and trying to... Yeah, there's quite footprints on the ceiling, which when we moved out, I, I did end up living there for a little bit because I was... I was sofa surfing for a couple of months because I had nowhere to live and um, I, they ended up taking me in there and I was there when they had to move out of it and there was just like footprints all over the ceiling and me and Josh Bannister spent an entire evening whilst Martina was out at work just like scrubbing that kitchen clean trying to get rid of all of the evidence of there ever being house shows there and just the general f- filth that was in that place because once house shows started happening there people were just like oh, it's just going to be trash at another house show. We're not going to clean up after mm. ourselves. So, um, Filthy place, but a great place at the same time. I remember going to that first house show, and like I've been quite open about um, this sort of social anxiety side of things. And um, I remember being absolutely terrified, because I knew people that said they might have been going. But I remember standing like outside the house for about 20 minutes, because I didn't know how these house shows worked. I just thought, like, the door's open, there's loads of people inside, there's music playing. Do I just walk in? Like, I saw it was, like, donation entry. Who do I Who do, do? I have to go to someone and get my hands exed up or something? Like, I don't get this. Yeah, it's not like a real normal show. That's what I think I love about them. That's why I prefer doing house shows over normal shows. When it comes to doing my own shows, obviously, shows at work. I work in a venue, so... That's why I love doing that, but if it's above the wave shows, if I can get away with doing it as a house show, if the band's cool with that, I'd much prefer to do it, because it's just so much more chill, and everyone has way more fun, and actually, I've worked out, if I do a house, this is really, this is how sad it is, people do not want to buy tickets for shows, if I do a house show, everyone is just so keen to come to a house show, because I think it's like this really cool, like, niche thing, and I'm guaranteed to make more money for bands by asking for donations from everyone who turns up to show than if I was to put them on a ticketed show. People will put in like four quid into a, into a jar at a house mm-hmm. show, but they won't pay, pay four pounds to come into a venue and buy drinks and stuff. That's fucked up. Like, yeah. <coughs> Even when I've done 
uh, like donation entry shows. So end of August, I did Box Kite here in the Joiners and the Matinee show. And it was going to be ticketed, like £4, but in the end they just said, we'd rather have more people turn up than, and just then us get the money, so can we do a donation entry? I only had like 12 people turn up. I mean, it might have been because it was a matinee show, but I've done a sort of afternoon shows and stuff before and had more people there, so. That was Reading weekend, wasn't it? It was Reading weekend, but at the same time, a lot of people I know who come to my shows weren't even out of Reading, they were mm. still in Southampton. Some, some of them were working, but a lot of people who weren't working, who just sort of didn't turn up. Sorry, dude. And it's, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> but, yeah, I just find that really weird, that people are more willing to pay money at a house show when you can get, when people, some people do get away with paying nothing. Mm. I just find it really odd. But it just shows what the scene's like around here. Yeah. It's very DIY orientated, if it can be. So it's got a bit of a loose leaf tea in my mouth. How are you feeling about this? I love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's real good, I must admit. It's good. It's just like, it does fall out of my tea infuser quite a bit. So it kind mm. of looks like you've got bits of backy it's, at the bottom of your tea. It's a little bit bitty. <laughs> you could like read your uh, tea leaves. Oh, maybe I should get into that. Have, you, my ever, next, my have next you ever adventure. tried doing stuff like that? I haven't. Maybe I think I will. I think I'll look into it tonight and... Yeah, that's my challenge for, for the next week to learn how to read tea leaves. You know what? I, I went to, um, you know, through listening to podcasts, I became like fascinated. Not necessarily fascinated because I didn't really look beyond it, but I had this like sudden. I really wanted to learn about um, magic and the occult. Like magic with a K, as opposed to yeah. uh, like, you know, just pulling rabbits out of places so, yeah, I used to do my whole like magic tricks and stuff as a kid I was really obsessed with it my dad used to buy me all like the kits and things mm. so I could do it um, and I used, there was a really good trick he bought me where you could basically make a deck of cards disappear in front of people's eyes it was absolutely great and then you'd get another deck of cards out and you'd fan them out and like oh they, sorry they have to pick an imaginary card out of the pack mm-hmm. and then put it pretend to put it in their pocket and they'd tell you what card it was, and then you'd fan this uh, deck of cards out, and it would be the, the card they picked would be the wrong way around. You'd pick it up and be like, oh yeah, that's my card, I thought. It was a really great trick. I, I, it was really good. I, do, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think my mind was blown a few months ago. Um, I was at my dad's wedding a few months ago, and they said I'd get a table magician. And I was like, okay, yeah, as you do. Uh, so this guy does like functions a lot and stuff, so he must be like really experienced. I didn't quite know that he was going to... He gave me this, like, Nokia phone, like, one of the old bricks that he used to play Snake on. I love those. <laughs> yeah. Better than Pokemon Go, let's face it. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you play Pokemon Go? I did for a while. Uh, I did it for about, probably, like, three weeks to a month. Got bored of it, because I didn't like playing it on my own, and then no one was ever free at the same time to go out and do a Pokemon hunt. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun whilst everyone was doing it. And then it just got a bit boring after a while. I've been stuck on level 15 for about a good month or two now. I never so downloaded it, I didn't bother. <laughs> I already run out of mobile data like halfway through the month anyway. Uh, you need so. to get unlimited, man. That's yeah. how, that is the future. It's the way for it. Anyway, he gave me this Nokia brick phone. <laughs> uh, the ones where you can actually like take the battery out the back, where it's not deadlock sealed. And made me, I'm not going to go through the whole thing of what he did, because quite frankly I can't remember. Um, yeah, I wrote my name on this one card that I picked in his deck. And somehow he managed to get the card from that deck into the phone 
behind the battery, and that phone was in my pocket the whole time. He was like was about direction. after about five minutes of dicking around with this deck of cards, going, "Is that your card? No. Is that your card? No." And then he tells me to open up the back of the phone, take out the battery, and there, folded up, is the card with my name on it. I'm like, fucking yeah. mind blown. But <laughs> I wanted to know more about the the uh, occult, which is why I brought it up because of like tea readings and like tarot yeah. and stuff. I'd love to know more. I think my my little brother's into that a little bit. He's got a he's got like a witch's spell book. I mean, he's really into Harry Potter, but that's that's very <laughs> different. But he's got this spell book, and he was telling me about his friends. They were like two of his friends in a really toxic relationship, and he was just like, oh, they're not good for each other. They need to break up, and neither of them can see it. So he got this book, and he basically cast a curse on them. And like two days later, apparently they broke up, and he was like, it was pr- I'm pretty sure it's because I cast I put a c- curse on them. I'm like, um, I don't know. Maybe they just realised they weren't very good together, but. I'm pretty... It's pretty creepy, but if it works... I'm pretty sure that was a film film script at some point. I'm pretty sure there was, that film, there was that film a few years ago. It was a sitcom. Uh, not a sitcom, comedy, with uh, Jessica Alba, I think was it. I think it was Good Luck Chuck, where, like... Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, where... I love my shit got, films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy gets the curse placed on him, and then every girl he gets with yeah. after that finds the love of their lives after, after him. him. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's real, real good to watch that one. I have this obsession. Oh come on, it's bullshit. I love shit chip flicks. If, if it's rated two stars or below, I'd probably love it. Four or five stars. I'm, I, I can't pay attention to film for more than about 30, 40 minutes. It's one of those like really intense ones where you need to pay attention to everything. Yeah. I like these things I can like watch for like 20 minutes then go play a stupid game on my phone for 20 minutes and come back to it and still understand what's going on. Uh, I just... One of my favourite films is Mean Girls. That is not a shit film. No, it's not a shit film. A Cinderella Story is a shit film. But that is also great. It is also great. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go, just broadcasting to the world, I love shit films. It's um, it's a bit bit embarrassing. So when you say... <laughs> when you're saying like two stars on like on Netflix and on stuff, Netflix, I'm always yeah. very tempted by like the well, like documentaries that are like one star, and it's something like um, there are like these really fucking weird ones called like a porn star's tale and that sort of thing. And wow. How JFK was killed by aliens. Oh. And so I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I am just that. tempted to see how just how awful these are. Yeah, I might have to watch one sometime. Yeah. It's another, another thing to go on the list for the week then. This, this, is, this, is, this is what my Netflix history is going to be like while we wait for season two of Stranger Things. Oh god, yeah, that needs to come out soon. That is great. I love TV shows. If it's, if it's a serious TV show, I can concentrate on those because they're only like 40 minutes long, but I can still binge watch them and just keep, mm. keep attention on it. Films, I just can't, but I'm re-watching Prison Break at the moment because I've I know never, never seen it. You need to watch it. It's so good. It's just one of those like really intense things all the time. Like, I'll find myself being late for things. I'm like, oh, just, just one more episode of Prison Break. It's just an extra 40 minutes. I can, I can, I can make that up. I don't know, put less makeup on or something. And, and <laughs> never do. I'm always 40 minutes late because <laughs> I just have to watch another episode of Prison Break. And I've watched it before as well. So it's not like I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I'm trying to refresh myself before the new series comes out. 
There's a new series of Prison Break? So it ended, um, I won't give any spoilers All right, for cool. anyone, but it ended and it seemed like a pretty definite ending. This is how many years ago it ended and then they've decided to do another series. It's coming out in 2017, so I'm really... Oh, that was a... I don't know what that was. <laughs> We're up in the office of the joiners right now, and they're sound checking downstairs. Yeah. It's Pinegrove tonight. Pinegrove tonight. Um, shall we actually get back to talking about you putting on shows? When, when, was, when was the first show you put on? First show I put on was, so Above the Wave started as a uni project, so I did music promotion at Solent. So in second year, we had to do, we had to put on a show in a group as part of one of our group units. Um, so I teamed up with Alex Hare and Steph Short, who run Above the Waves for me. And um, it was in March, so this year will be two year anniversary, next year, uh, like March 2015 we did it. Um, first show was Wonows with Box Kite, and then our friend's band was Head Rush, that's it. <laughs> and yeah, they opened it up, and it was meant to be in a venue. Um, it's art, it was a really cool art gallery called uh, XWWX, I think that's what it was called, and then two weeks before the show, uh, we found out that they had their licence revoked, and we had to find a new place for the show really quickly, uh, it ended up being a house show in the end, and I think that was the start of Above the Waves, house show, um, that was a really good show. Did that make the cut in terms of like university, were they like cool with you doing a yeah, house show? Yeah, because like, the whole unit was event planning and management, so what we had to do was basically write an event plan, and then at the end it was like, and how we'd run it and everything, and then all these contingency plans, and because stuff went wrong, we had a load to write about, we got a first for it, and we were like, sick, we're good, so it kind of worked out, not, not for the better, but it meant that we did have a lot to write about. As long as we just had, we submitted the work. Whether the event actually happened or not, it didn't matter. Mm. Um, as long as we submitted work, it was fine. So it did work out all right. Do you think if it actually happened, like in the venue, like XWWX, like yeah, that's what it's called. Um, so if it actually happened in that venue, do you think <coughs> above the waves would have like been what it is today? I don't know because. That show was going to be like £5 entry because we had to pay them a guarantee and stuff and we were a bit like, mm, don't know. Um, I think it would, we still would have carried on because it's always, that was always my plan, was to go to uni, um, get a job at the joiners, tick, uh, <laughs> and then start my own promotions company and like carry on and did that. Um, I think it would have, but it just probably, I just remember when we had a change for a house show, Ricky Bates, who works joiners with me and stuff and basically my boss, he just it does the wrong way around. He turned around to me and said, you'll never get the money they want for their guarantee on a house show. And I said, he's like, I've never got more than, I've, I've never got over £100 as donations at a house show that we've ever put on. That night, we got £160 in donations. I turned around to Ricky, I was just like, you know you were saying we wouldn't get over £100? Like, well, we just got £160 in donations. I could just remember looking really shocked. <laughs> it was like a little moment for me, I was like, yeah, I actually, actually completed that. We didn't think I would. But, yeah, that was, it was a really good show. And I think we made, like, a few mistakes after that, putting on shows. So the next show we got offered, we took instantly. We were like, yeah, it's a really cool show. They're, like, these really underground bands we really liked. But they were basically asking for too much money. And we ended up losing a bit of money on that. But then after that, we went, right, screw this, let's do an all day. And that's when Say Punk Fest started. Um, right. Although that was only the second show we did. Um, we did quite well on it. 
and quite well. Quite well. <laughs> did really well on it, and yeah, we made some, we actually made some money from that, which was nice. Like to, for us, like our first proper show in a venue. Um, yeah, to actually make some money on a on a show like that was pretty. A lot of all our lectures were like that's really impressive. No one else made money on any of their shows they've done, and we was like. So and <laughs> um, the reason we did it actually was because a band playing on it called Cardinals, um, a few months beforehand they got stuck for a place to stay and I was wrapping the show with joiners that night they were playing. So they stayed at mine and then we had a great night, went off to the edge, partied all night and one of them was saying BA was like, Oh, it's my birthday, I really wanna play a show on my birthday and I was like, Well, we wanna put on a show in May and do like an Aldea. He's like, Put it on for my birthday and that's how So Punk Fest started. We were just putting on just totally. I show you for this guy that I'd met that night in a band who I liked. So I was like, your, your, your band's good. Let's, uh, yeah, let's just put on a show for you. And that's what happened. So what's, been, <laughs> <laughs> so what's been your favourite show to do uh, so far? So far, oh goodness. Because how many, it's been, it's been a few dozen now? Uh, yeah, Couple well over 20 now. Um, I can't even begin to say what my favourite one is really there was some I think the band I put on that I thought oh there's, there's cool. the office phone going cool <laughs> fine we can edit this bit out if you want to hello join us oh it was a bank call what? it's blank it's over there <laughs> <laughs> fuck so right shall we so weird to if, it, if there's like a sudden edit in this, yeah. it's because there was a brief uh, break for the pizza arrival. Um, <laughs> staff pizza night. <laughs> yeah, so is, is this a treat at the Joiners staff pizza night? Uh, we don't, sometimes after work, we're a bit tired, like, let's order this pizza, let's go get pizza after work. I think we just had such a busy week, we wanted food before we opened the doors, but pizza arrived 20 minutes late, so they've got 10 minutes to scoff it at the bar staff before. <laughs> Doors open. <laughs> Those poor bastards. I know. That's alright though. So, you're not originally from Southampton, right? Uh, not really. I'm from Salisbury, which is well, just the outside of Salisbury, about yeah. 40 minutes away. So, okay. when you were growing up, the joiners to you was already a sort of thing. It was my local music venue for me. Right. Yeah. If I wanted to go to a show, I'd go to Southampton or Bournemouth, basically. Playing on my local scenes. And so... You said that when you started uni, the first, like, one of the first things on your list was, I have to get a job here. Yeah. Um, so the reason I came to uni in the first place was that I wanted... So the first time I came to join us when I was 14, I was just like, oh, this place is amazing, I love it, I want to be here all the time, so it's come to gigs all the time. And then I went, oh, I want to go to uni, I don't want to leave the joiners. I kind of want to work in the music industry. Oh, there's a course on music promotion, that'll probably help me get a job there. So, yeah, came to uni here, and within our first, like, week or two of uni, uh, Ricky came into one of our lectures and was like, anyone want to help us out the joiners in the office? So I was there, like, hand up straight away, like, meet me, I want to I wanna do it. Did Ricky know you at that point? No, not really. I've been to some of his, like, wrong around shows and stuff, but he didn't know who I was from that. I just thought, you know, hmm. one of the many people that turns up to his shows. And then um, I didn't really know who he was either. Apart from me, weirdly followed me on Instagram. I don't know why. <laughs> just, I just we found that out like a few months later. We're like, oh, we've been following each other on Instagram for ages. Um, it's weird <laughs> when that happens when you like follow someone on Instagram because your friend follows them, 
And yeah. then you haven't actually met them, and then you go, wait a minute, aren't, aren't you that guy? Like, Yeah, it was just weird, but I started working with... There were six of us at first helping out with the joiners, and in the course of a year, eventually, it all just sort of dwindled down to just being me helping out by, by the time it got to the summer. Because hmm. I was obviously quite passionate about the joiners, I just wanted to do everything. And through second and third year, I was just helping out as much as I could. Until the point where, when I before I'd even finish uni, uh, Mandy, who's one of the owners here, she turned around to me and said, do you want a full-time job once you leave uni? Which obviously I was like, yeah, <laughs> I would love that. So I started work, working here full-time before I even had my dissertation in. I'm loving every second of it. I, I remember I came here for a show a few months ago. Interestingly enough, this is the... Uh this is the same show before, where beforehand we recorded Bitch and Brew number three with Ross Drummond from Cheap Meat and the 1990s Problems podcast. Go check it out. Plug. <laughs> and I remember, <coughs> I remember going, oh, this is weird. I'm at the joiners, but Kate's not working on the bar. She's nowhere to be seen. What's going on? I, I was up in the office. You, most, <laughs> most people would go to their home, where it's quiet. I must admit, this is probably the quietest place in the joiners, but you can still hear soundcheck downstairs. Yep. Why didn't you just go home? I thought, the thing is, I, I can't concentrate at home, and I can't concentrate, couldn't concentrate in the uni library. The only place I can really sit down and concentrate and do some work is here in this office. Even if I'm sitting on the end of the bar, if I'm in, just if I'm in the joiners, I can concentrate and work. So I was like, right, my dissertation's due soon. I was having just like a nightmarish time in the library, so I just came and sat up here and wrote my dissertation. And I spent, I did a lot of my work on my dissertation up in this office when I was still just helping out as an intern, just going, I text Ricky sometimes being like, oh, I can't concentrate, can I just come and sit in the office for a couple of hours, do some new work, I'll help you out every now and again in breaks and stuff. And it happened a few times. Or there was even sometimes where I literally, there's a show going on, I sit at the end of the bar with my laptop and just start writing and I'd bash out like a thousand words whilst there are people like drinking pints of cider around me and beer and all sorts. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was just really weird. It was just somewhere I felt I could concentrate and get on with my work. So. <laughs> what, what was your first ever show at the Joiners? If you grew up, if you, you're from Salisbury, what was your first ever show here? <laughs> my first show here was Aiden. And this was before Young Guns had even released their first EP. And the funny thing was, like, I was, I was really, really unwell. This was the summer when swine flu was going around, right? Oh, shit. And um, I was really sick. Uh, but I downplayed it to my parents so much because I really wanted to go to this show. So my friend who I was meant to be going with bailed because her mum was like, Southampton's too dangerous for you to go to. You can't go there. Your dad got shot there once or something like that. I don't know. His dad got, her dad got stabbed or something. I, don't, I can't remember why. So I was going with another friend in the end. I really wanted to go. So Dan played this illness to my parents. I ended up just like passing out constantly throughout the show. But Young Guns were great, I thought. Like, I was just... Were you here for Young Guns or for Aiden? For Aiden. I didn't know who Young Guns were then. That's when I found them, found them out. And then I was like 14, 15 years old. And I was just like, this, this place is amazing. I'm really unwell and I'm passing out, but I don't care. And I remember my friend dragging me into the bar because I just passed out by the sound desk. And... The sound guy, which I'm assuming is Breach, because he was tall and scary, and like, so no one now is not tall and scary anymore. 
but he thought pushing me over because I passed out onto the railings. Is, is he the guy that's always doing the sound here? Most, most of the time. He's a really tall guy. He can be quite scary if you don't know him. I think he looks a little bit like... Um, like do you, are you overly familiar with the old James Bond films? Not really, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. He looks like one of the villains. He looks like Jaws from the James oh, no. Bond films. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that comes to mind, but anyway. Yeah. Like, my friend dragged me out to the barn and I was like passed out in the corner and Gus from Young Guns comes up to my friend and is like, she were right? And she's like, no, she's really unwell. I think she's got swine flu, but she pretended to her parents that she was all right because she wanted to come tonight to see you guys, which was a total lie. But they were just like, I don't think she really knew who the bands were playing, like who they were. She just came because I offered her a gig ticket. And they were like, oh, that's really nice. So they gave us like three CDs. So like copies of their first EP before they'd even been released into shops. So they were selling them properly. It'd been for sure. It gave us three copies of that. Gave us t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. She's like, that's so cool. You came out to see us. And I came home with an armful of merch. Pretty happy, happy face. And but feeling like death. Yeah. I was in bed for a couple of days until I got better. The, the joiners is a really bad place to be when you're ill. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. I've been very ill this weekend. <laughs> I remember turnover being here earlier this year. When the joiners is cold, it is really, really, really cold. And yeah. when the joiners is hot, it is hell on earth. It is. It is. I can't remember the, the hottest I've been at the joiners. Probably that milk teeth show. That was pretty sweaty. Yeah, how do you feel after that failed crowd surf? <laughs> Stage diving For those who don't know, <laughs> I am in Milk Teeth's new music video, stage diving at the joiners, but I, for some reason, decided to tuck my knees almost like inward, <laughs> as if I was doing like a cannonball into the crowd. I was on the lights that night and I was just watching you and she just went down. Like... What, what's brilliant is like with the strobe lights, it's like a... And he's gone. Yeah. That was brilliant. I think I timed my time lights perfectly that night, maybe. That maybe. was <laughs> the best gig I think I've ever been to at the Joiners. That was fun. Um, I remember my first gig at the Joiners was 2013, so fast forwarding a little, well, a little bit more from you. Yeah, mine was like 2008, 2009 maybe. I, I had seen um, like some, a band that was from the Horsham scene, a band like metalcore band called Honor Is Dead, uh, oh. did a show here and they recorded their music video here, but for some reason, uh, they had like a sort of GoPro mounted in the corner of the room and they had a couple of crowd shots but the crowd were just stood there, arms folded, you know, on the real shit end of the spectrum when it comes oh. to metalcore crowds who either want to just stand there with their arms folded and do fuck all or they want to absolutely lose their shit and spin kick in the middle of the crowd. They, they were on the left side of the spectrum but they still filmed the music video and I remember seeing, you know, the, the big the big joiners sign behind them and be like, yeah. oh, I have to be at that venue. Look at it. I'd never seen a venue before that didn't have a barrier. It was... Yeah. So when I first went, it was when they still had the Carling thing up the back of, up the, mm. back of the venue. Uh, weren't at Carling Academy, but it was just... It was like, some, like we're sponsored by Jack Daniels now. We're not sponsored, but they do some nights here. It's kind of like... Yeah. Partnership with them, I guess. But my first show, I think Ricky may have even put it on, was the story so far. Yeah, it was a Ricky show. American scene and Narwhals fucking opened that place. I missed that show. Wide open. 
because my uh, boyfriend at the time, he was just like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go together. And then he's like, actually, no, I don't want you coming with me. I was like, what? I can go to any show I want. He's like, well, the show was sold out by this point, and he bought two tickets. And he was like, actually, I sold the tickets to my friend. And I'm like, it caused, I'm pretty sure this is probably why we broke up. Um, no, we broke up after another Story So Far show, but it was, I think all our arguments were Story So Far based for some reason that we ever had our big ones. But he just decided he didn't want me coming with him, and so I missed it. And I was like, I want to know that was that was my main reason for going. I remember that being like the first uh, experience of me like seeing stage divers and crowd surfers in the flesh. And what better way to start than with a narwhal show? I, like yeah. I I I stage dived that night. Three I I was like trying to find the opportune moment to stage dive because that's the problem with stage diving at the joiners because things like Knuckle Park and the end of turnover set people are scrambling to stage dive. Boston Manor whenever they're here it's fucking ape shit with Back the stage November. divers and when they were here opening for I want to say Knuckle Park think so yeah, yeah. I missed that one um, yeah. I, yeah I just I, I just had to find the opportune moment and the opportune moment was right at the end of the story so far set where they even got the security stage diving oh my when, yeah Mike Elliot and his uh, stage diving that night that's the first that's, that's, that's the Friday only time yeah. I've actually seen like security on stage at the joiners as opposed to like in the wings. Yeah, like when it comes to security, like obviously there's a few venues in Southampton that have recently got themselves a bad name, you know, like, like 1865 that state champ show, and then there was another show at the old Talking Heads where security grabbed a guy by his throat, and like so, security here tends to be pretty chill because it's a small venue, and on the whole people tend to respect each other. So we don't have to worry about it too much unless, you know, if it is something really dangerous, security will get involved and uh, sort it out. But the security have here, they're really great. The staff's great. So I think that was the biggest thing that surprised me about the house shows is how respectful people are of going, this is someone's... Like, you hear about... Be. Otherwise, people won't put on those house shows anymore. If you're not respectful, no one will want to have them in that house. And that scene just die out, so I think everyone's pretty aware of that. I remember seeing like photos of house shows and videos and stuff. I just thought I was going to walk into this uh, Muskets house show and it being like the uh, video for uh, Duality by Slipknot when there are like people <laughs> falling through the floor above. <laughs> like fuck, that has never happened at <laughs> Tearing like the basketball hoops off of their... Oh God. H hinges? No, they're not on hinges. Just tearing basketball hoops off down. Off the wall. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, but it was very respectful, and I, I think that's where I kind of found the love for house shows. Yeah. Would this be a good chance to segue into the AMA? Yeah, because let's do this. the first question on the AMA, so before the podcast, we put out a call for an AMA. This is after I listened to your boy Charlie Simmons <laughs> from Waller Sound PR, Venn Records, formerly of Hassel Records, where just I worked everything. for them. Yeah, just <laughs> omnipresent Charlie Simmons, touring drummer for Winter Passing at one point. Just Can't we go anywhere without his name popping up, can you? Now that is a galactic <laughs> legend right there. I think so, yeah. Um, anyway, he was on the Holy Raw podcast and he did an AMA. First question of this AMA is, uh, what's your favourite place for shows in Southampton? Now, hmm, am I going first on this one? You go I think, first. I think I should, really. Obviously, I am biased to say joiners, 
I love the joiners. It's the reason I moved to Southampton. But there's something special about those tiny shows and those DIY spaces. So things like all the house shows you've done, and then places like Planet Sounds. Have you ever been to Planet Sounds? I haven't, but I've seen it. So it's a rehearsal <laughs> studio, and occasionally uh, Timmy owns it. Is let me put on shows there, and we put on like Simmer. Leatherneck, like what canvas wallflower? That was put on the secret faux show there. Didn't uh, you? Yeah, but we were meant that was going to be a house show, and then um, the house people in the house were like, no, we can't do a show here anymore. So Tim said we could use it, but because they were playing with turnover a couple of days later, Ricky was like, you can't announce that faux are playing, so it had to be a secret headliner. Um, <coughs> we found a way around it, um, but yeah, Planet Sounds is really cool for those really small shows. But overall, Joiners is my favourite place. Anywhere that's shut down, that's like, you miss? There was this weird place called Hamptons. It shut down years ago, like four years ago it shut. It was really weird. It's where like Mango Tapas Bar is opposite uh, Solon Uni. Now, oh, right? yeah. Um, that's, that used to be Hamptons. And literally, the stage was like by those massive glass windows out front. So you didn't have to buy a ticket. You could like, oh, I haven't got enough money to actually pay the entry. It's a bit of shit they used to do it. You'd, like stand out by the window and just watch the show. Um, but I miss Unit. Unit is... I, I'm, I'm almost that as a nightclub, not as a venue. Like, the shows there were good. I saw some, I saw like, um, it was like, Make Do Men there. Um, and I also saw Super Heaven when they were daylight there as well. That was good, but it was, it was the best all club in Southampton, hands down. And, it's gone, it was really sad. The weekend it closed, I just... It was my first weekend at work at HMV. And you worked at HMV? I did work at HMV. I've worked at it. HMV. It's great, it's great. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, I remember putting on the Marmosets record at three o'clock in the afternoon and so many people walked out. You can do whatever you want though. Like, I, I was just like Christmas temping. But it, yeah, it was my first weekend working there and unit was closing down and I'd just done Sober for October. <laughs> that was a really dark moment of my life. <laughs> Not really, but... Uh, no gin. No, basically, yeah, I had to do a month without gin. And at unit, it used to be like £3 double gins. So it was it was a tough time. Pretty savage. And it was all my friends' birthdays, so we were at unit every weekend and I couldn't drink. And then the weekend I could start drinking again, unit closed, was closing down. So I just went really, really hard and was drinking until stupid times in the morning. There was like a lock-in and stuff like that. And I was just turning up to my first, first weekend at H&V's. Was Still pissed, really. I never. The only time I ever went to unit was for a drum lesson, in in the middle of the day, like when, <coughs> when you know wasn't in use. Yeah. With Adam from Berry Tomorrow. Is it, was unit Dav's spot really yeah, when it came like to like swap box sets? Yeah. Used to do stuff there. Like Danny used to DJ a lot, and Dav was involved in the whole running of it. Um, so unit joiners used to be like linked up together. Hmm. Um. Then like new owners came into the joiners and it all kind of and like unit was basically that partnership wasn't working anymore so they split. That's why Ricky ended up in the office on his own and just having me in as, as an intern helping him out. But when I first started helping out the joiners, the office used to be above unit, mm. and that was when like Dav was in there and like Neil and Chris Stemp was still there. So it'd be all of them in the office and then like a couple of us interns in there. It was always really good fun. So. I think my my favourite place shows at the joiners. 
Join us. <laughs> no, in Southampton. Well, there you go. Join us. Join us. Yeah, I, I, I love this place so much. But I tell you what, that one show I went to at Brighton Road. Brighton Road was the place. That was legit. No Van House is good as that's been actually since. The Alex, I like. Uh, okay, so the stage set up, the race stage with the with the banisters on it and stuff. Yeah, that's not too great. Not not easily stage dive accessible. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> being a fucking massive Star Wars fan, and Isn't playing Guitar place? Hero between between bands. It appeals to the nerds, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool place. I just don't like putting on shows there because I just don't like that stage and the way that it's set out. Yeah, I just I try and avoid putting on shows there just for that. Um, what do you get, actually get, when you join at Joiners? Uh, well, this is, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure the question was... Wait, no, so... What do joiners actually join? I think that's what the way it was worded. I've got to look this up again because we scribbled these down like before we uh, we started recording and. This is, this is a courtesy of Lee Mail from Phone. Thank you, Lee. This is it. What do you actually join at the joiners? I did get it right. Well, maybe yeah. What do you yeah. actually join at the joiners? Yes. What do we actually join? A cult. Sure. Shy to something really cheesy and cringy. Gone. We join people with the music. I don't know. I just... Like this is just a crap question to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. I feel like a lot of these questions that were asked are like inside jokes. Like, when does the next bus come? That I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't use buses. Buses are shit. Fucking Blue Star and all of that. I grew up on buses. I don't. Now I live in Southampton, I don't need to use them. Couldn't tell you. No. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> this one, I'm looking forward to hearing the answer. You've been thinking about this all afternoon. I have, I have. Would you rather hide Buckfast from Cameron Reeves? Headrush. Yeah. Of Headrush. Headrush. Or Jaeger from Rich Westlake? Now, this, if... For, Obviously, I'm sure most people listening to this don't know who Cam or Rich are. Okay. So here's the thing. Cameron loves Buckfast. He would do anything for it. And then you've got Rich. Drinks Jaeger like this no tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he would not have finished our course if he did not drink the amount of Jaeger he drank. Like, he'd turn up to lectures being like, just on a Jaeger on the pub across the road. Like, yeah, nice one, Rich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I really, I really don't know. This is a really tough one. But I'm going to... Say, I would rather hide, although Cam is probably one of my best mates, I would rather hide it from Rich, because I think I could take Rich, but Cameron, I don't think I could take him. Do what? You know what I mean? This is, I, I, I feel like you're about to go like, what? When I ask this question, what the fuck is Buckfast? Buckfast, I would, I, because you said, I thought like you could say that, I didn't say it, but I would have. It is a uh, fortified tonic wine, I think. So it's just like this really, it tastes amazing. It's like this thing that they're obsessed with in Scotland. Um, try a Bucky Bomb, a bit of Buckfast with some energy drink, like a Jager Bomb. Do you have any amazing. Buckfast down at the bar? No, we don't sell it here. I really wish we did, because we'd probably get a killing on it. 
Oh, that we have, we have me and Mish, he's the venue manager, we have had talks about trying to supply it occasionally in the past, but realise it'd be a bad idea because I'm, a bottle would last a night when Cameron walks in. <laughs> Not even a night, we'd be out in ten minutes. So... <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Argentinian debt crisis of 2001-2002? I had no idea there was one. You know, well, I got 12 at the time. I yeah. really know. You know, that's really bad maths, isn't it? 2002. You were, I would have I was been like eight. seven. I was like eight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm no good at maths. Never fat that way. We can probably talk about debt for days. I don't Just, really talk, I don't no, think about no, student that's cool. debt. Oh, I'm so on. poor. <laughs> move on. <laughs> this one comes from Harry Steele, bassist of um, Rain. Of course, good old Harry. Big up Harry. What is your favourite David Beckham hairstyle? For ref, uh, just 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 an FYI, his favourite is the cornrows. I think I've probably got to like join him on that one. See, um, <laughs> football is one of those things that go right over my head, and I've never given a shit about it. I never gave it. Understand? I can remember my cousin was obsessed with David Beckham, and the only hair she had this poster in her room when he had that like headband on, like long hair, like. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess that's my favourite one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe just classic crew cut. Yeah. Totally buzzed. Or Mohawk, the Mohawk. Really? The you Mohawk was tied. D- d- uh, see, you know I see. <laughs> um, I never think that David Beckham is all that. I've got so it's many right. straight male friends that have really got a soft spot for Bex, and I, I just don't want his golden balls. I'm sorry. <laughs> like... No, yeah. No, I just think he's alright to look at sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Got a nice face. Yeah, just like... Just a decent amount of facial hair. Yeah. You don't know too much of a baby. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. What is tofu made out of? Soybeans, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. It, it just tastes bean great. Bean curd. For, for reference, this is another inside joke. I think this AMA has gone so bad. Is it an inside joke? Yeah, so... Um, I so we were walking. Uh, this is uh, me and my girlfriend. We were walking around campus. We were in our second year, but it was freshers' week. So uh, you have all the people standing on campus volunteering for the uni, um, just wearing t-shirts, which said, uh, "Ask, ask me a question. Yeah. If you have a question, come and ask me about." You know. So we went over and uh, just said, "What is tofu made out of? What's your favourite flavour of Dorito?" Wow. What is your favourite flavour of Dorito cake, Coulson? Cool, Dorito. Cool flavour. Cool original? Yeah. The blue? The blue. Mm. The blue. Best one for dipping as well. Yeah. You get some of that, um, like, sour cream? Yeah. Oh, the one with chive in it? Yeah. That's stuff. Yeah. The guacamole is obviously always good. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the work. Got to go for the work. <coughs> um, speaking of crisps, what are the worst kind of crisps? Worst type. Prawn cocktail flavour, hands down. Oh no! I can't eat fish or any seafood. Like I'm intolerant to it. Like give me that, and I'll be fair enough for days. So it I don't do- like prawn cocktail. Prawn cocktail flavour crisps. Just not a not a thing for me. I am actually going to side with what a lot of people on Facebook said and say vegetable crisps. No, they're the best. Oh my god. No. I'm sorry, but when I eat crisps, bits are so good. I want to be. Fucking fat ass when it comes to eating Chris. I'm just sitting there, Chris, not going. Oh, th- this is good because this is kind of a compromise. I don't want that. I want flame grilled steak McCoys 
I want the blue Doritos. I want salty as they come kettle chips. But kettle chips are my favourite. Final, quest- <laughs> final question of the AMA. Yeah. What do you think of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? I've only been to Norwich once, and here comes my real, my, my last big passion in life. It was to see Bannock's composure, because I really... It was back to when I was doing my sober month. Um, they were playing here on the 1st of November at the joiners, and I was like, I A, am going to be working a little bit on it, doing lights and stuff. I'm also going to probably be pissed as fuck, so I don't remember it, and they're my favourite band. So I was like, right, what other dates can I do on this tour? Oh, the only one I can do is Norwich. Oh, okay, so I ended up going to Norwich and go see him. And me and my friend walked around Norwich a little bit. I don't really remember much of it. I was just too excited to see Balance, to be fair. Um, yeah, it was quite nice. Pedestrian, I think, a bit of pedestrianised area. Do you know the? Do you know what this is in reference to? No. Oh right, okay. This is, that's it. The podcast's over. I can't do this anymore. No, it's um, it's I'm Alan Partridge. Uh yeah, I watch Alan Partridge. I'm, I feel like when it comes to like TV and film, I'm a little bit like, I just I'm not really up to date on all that stuff. I've sort of absorbed my life in music so much I haven't bothered with anything else. <laughs> I'm still I'm, I'm still finishing the latest series of Orange Is the New Black. So like. That's good. Yeah. That's well, have you finished it yet? Yeah, actually, no, yeah, that's really crap. Orange is New Black was good for two series, and then it kind of just went... Pick it pick it back up, season four is... I've watched it. Yeah. But I just think the end It's gotten crap. really intense. I end don't, crap. don't, don't. I won't tell you anything, but... No spoilers. No spoilers, but it's crap. Uh. <laughs> tell you what, I, I remember, just, just to finish this off, because yeah. we're getting close to, like... I don't know, like an hour of recording now. Fuck. <laughs> this is the longest podcast yet, so congratulations. I'm sorry, thank, I thank talked you. too much. I, I, I do remember the first time we met, very distinctly, was backstage at a Frank Iero show. Oh god, that show. I did so well not to be a fangirl. Was it, was it as weird for you as it was for me to watch Frank Iero from Cider Stage that night? Yeah, it was also weird to see him brushing, teeth, his, brushing his teeth that day. I walked into the venue and he was just there brushing his teeth and I was like, alright, just watching one of my childhood heroes brushing his teeth, no biggie. And just the walked th- off into Milk Teeth's dressing room and just sat there like, guys, I can't do this. The thing is, he is such a cool guy. And I got yeah. to meet the guys on Milk Teeth that night. That was the first time I met them and look where we are now with them. Oh, look at that. Yeah, love them dearly. Frank Iero's. That was... Awesome um, as they come. That was such a great show. I just remember... Like, it was at the end, and he came up and said, oh, really nice to meet you, and like, he remembered my name and stuff, and I was like, and I, could just rem- I just remember all the guys from Milk Teeth just looking at me, and they're like, is she going to crack, is she going to fangirl in front of him, and I was like, I was alright, I was just like, that's cool, like, inside, I just feel my stomach just going, oh my god, I used to listen to your music when I was a kid, like, I was, in my head, I was just doing this, like. I cracked at one point, and I was told him about the fact that it was my first gig, but I think I managed to keep it. Relatively under wraps, but he's so he tight. So so he's chill. so tight when it comes to his fans as well. Like yeah. he loves doing the small shows, and yeah. more power to him for that. Yeah, those are definitely the shows that I think every artist should love the most. I don't know. Try to put this into words now. I've got this idea in my head. Like when bands get to that big stage, surely I just feel like for them it must all blur into one. There's just so many people there that it's not even real. When you've got those little, in the small intimate venues, it's like that, those real moments. And I think, I, I'm not an artist, so I don't 
really know what it's like, but I'm pretty sure if I was in a band, those would be the ones that I love the most, the ones that I remember the best, because you feel up close and personal. Always, uh, the shows I go to like that are always the ones I remember the most mm. as well. As a, like a fan's point of view, they're always the best. So surely it's the best for them as well. I don't know. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. I just like rambled off into nothing. That's cool. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of Bitch and Brew Cake. Shall we crack open this soda shack? Yes. That's great. Whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up there. If you thought that was the end of the podcast, it isn't really. Um, I know we said we we're going to wrap it up there, but I'm back with Kate now. Hi, Kate. Hiya. And it's what, like three months since we recorded like the four, last... maybe? Four. I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll, skate, <laughs> we'll skate over that fact, but we did open that can of Soda Shack and sum it, sum it up in, in one word. Disgusting. It was horrid. It was horrible. That's probably why you dropped it all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great night. That, that show, it was Pine Grove and the Fairweather Band. And Pine Grove I'd never heard before that night. And they were awesome. Best show of 2016. It was 2016, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Here we okay. Go. <laughs> Seeing as we spoke... How are you, by the way? Good, thank you. How are you? I am very well. Seeing as we spoke about it... Uh, quite heavily in the podcast about how stoked I was to be going for the first time. Um, how was your What the Fest 7? Oh, so long ago. Um, I was working the whole weekend, but it was still great. The band's obviously amazing. Uh, I was quite drunk, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> so was I. But I think we all were. Um, yeah, at least that first night anyway. Yeah. Many a failed crowd surf that night. Who was the first night again? I'm, yeah, it was Muncie Girls. Muncie Girls, I do remember. And then yeah. Turnover on Saturday night and Sorority Noise. Okay. And The Excerpts on Sunday night. Yeah, that's it. I was, you know what, it was how many, three months ago now, so it's sort of a bit blurry in my memory, but really good weekend. It yeah. was fun, wasn't it? Best band of the weekend? Puppy. 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 Absolutely, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah. Now, on to... A different festival, your own festival, in Uh, the making. This is the third So Punk Fest now. Yeah. So, So Punk Fest, it's a DIY punk festival in Southampton. It's happening from the 3rd to the 5th of February across three venues in Southampton. So, the Friday night is at the Juniper Berry. Yeah. Uh, The Saturday night is at the Talking Heads. The new Talking Heads. Yeah. <laughs> and the Sunday night is here where we are recording The Joiners, the one and only. It is indeed, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the history of So Punk Fest, because like I was saying, this is the third year now, so yeah. this is the first time that it's been three days. Why, why, why did you decide to make it, it a, a weekender? Um, so <laughs> the real reason is like, it's, my birthday's on the Sunday of So Punk Fest, so I kind of just... I wanted to just put a show, show on for my birthday, have a load of my mates down that I've met whilst putting on shows and stuff. I thought it'd be kind of cool. And then it got to a point where I suddenly realised I really don't have enough time in one day to put all of these great bands I want to put on and um, get, get some new ones in as well. So it kind of ended up being two days. And then once again, I ran out of space. So it ended up <laughs> as a three-day thing. And I thought, do you know what? It'd be really great to get the Faded by Design guys back on board with it again. So I said, here you go, have a day. Why don't you just... So just putting a few bands across the weekend or just on, you know, 
across a day, have a whole stage yourself, do a whole day, um, you pick the bands. You know, and they kind of curated they, that stage. Yeah, it's like you can run with it and I'll let you have freedom and do what you want. Um, so that's how that stage came about. I think I really trust what their opinion on those kind of things. So yeah. It's great to have them on board. And what's the kind of vibe of previous So Punk Fests been like? It's all massive mates fest, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be really good. So like, the first one was back in 2004. 14? No, 2015. Yeah. Um, at Avondale House, RIP. Um, back in it was May then when that happened. We had Hindsight's headline it, and it was just it was really nice. It was like the first proper show that we had ever put on as Above the Waves. So before that, we'd had just the house show with Woe Nels. I think I probably mentioned the last bit of the podcast. I'm sure. Um, Who were also awesome at What the Fest? Yeah, they were great at What the Fest too. Um, so yeah, then, I can't remember what I was going with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the first one. It was the first proper show. It was really good. Lots of people turned up that we didn't even know. So then we decided to do another one later that year, in fact. I totally skipped out on doing one in 2016. So the next one, with Soap Punk Fest 2, was done in November 2015. And then we moved it to the joiners that time and had bigger bands in, more that bands in yearbook. headlining. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P., yeah. Oh, goodness. It's getting to that point where I've put on enough shows that bands I've put on have broken up now. Well, let's not <laughs> hope that it's that way with this lineup. No, By the way, not... we haven't spoken about our bitch and bruise oh, yeah. that you lovingly made for us. So what have you gone with? This is a favourite of yours at yeah, the moment. It's cactus green tea. Cactus green tea. It, is indeed. it comes from um, a Polish shop out in Shirley by the Lidl. People should go have a look at it. Awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. Don't know the name of the shop, though. Don't know the name of it. No. no. It's no. just the Polish shop by the Lidl. Oh, I've gone with the Clipper, what is it, organic orange and coconut infusion. Yeah. Caffeine-free? Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm liking this. I'm it's... getting into my caffeine-free teas now. Mm. I've had to put the green tea down. I was drinking far too much of it and getting too restless. <laughs> so I've cut down on my actual green tea. It is very nice, very nice. So let's not hope the headliners for this year's So Punk Fest are going to split after you put them on. Uh, <laughs> should we start with the Friday night? We'll, we'll go from the bottom of the lineup upwards. So this is the Friday night. It's at Juniper Berry, which is where in Southampton? Uh, it's kind of down past West Quay towards Old Town and the docks. It's just like a pub and I've awesome. hired out the function room. Lovely. We need some more DIY spaces in Southampton, so let's hope that this works out well. <laughs> Great. So the first night of So Punk Fest, which is Failure by Design's curated Bills stage. Bill stage from Freaks and Geeks. Never seen, seen it. it. Yeah, that's what the whole the people on the poster are. Right. Like okay, that makes freaks. sense. And he's a character. Right. I asked the guys. So I'm going to call one stage Freaks, the other stage Geeks. What do you want to name your stage? And um, they just replied, Bill. Bill's our favourite character. It's got to okay. be Bill. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what were the other options? Uh, they just, I just said, what do you want it to be? And they um, came out of it straight away. I didn't give them options. They oh, just okay. said, what, do you want to keep the Geeks and Freaks, um, Freaks and Geeks theme? Just pick a name. Cool. <laughs> More importantly, the bands. Mm. So Friday night, we've got Middle Distance. Uh, we've got Gunshy, who are on Failure by Design Records. Yep. And who I've missed at every opportunity that they've been in town. Hopefully but not this time. Southampton Bread only came out last year. Wicked first EP, the first right. transmission. So looking forward to them. New Tusk, 
Now these guys were great when you put them on at the all day at the joiners. Yeah, Just... they were. They're, they're some favourites of mine actually. Like they played the first day punk fest actually. Oh, there's cool. a couple of bands. I think a lot of the bands have actually played say punk fest before. Fantastic. Um, well, I'm very much see. looking forward to getting drunk to their sort of indie punk scuzzy noise again. Great stuff. Big up. Um, now, I'm really looking forward to seeing this band in full for the first time because I've only ever seen them do an acoustic set and they were on The Last Bitch and Brew, or at least their singer, Joey, was on the Albums of 2016 special, I Told podcast. You I Would Eat You. I am so excited to see this band. That EP yeah. has been played to death. It is incredible. If you love your RT emo, uh, to have sort of extra sort of bangers and choruses. Bit of yeah, it's so lovely and layered it's and it's great. It's so anthemic, it's gonna be it's gonna be good vibes all round yeah. from them. And also on Failure by Design Records. Yeah. Now, They're another band that have actually played they played the first Say Punk Fest as well. No way. Yeah. So awesome. I thought you and uh, New Tusk and Wallflower all on the first one. Awesome. And Headrush. Well we'll talk about Wallflower and Headrush when yeah. we get to them. But the headliner <laughs> of Friday night I am so excited once again yeah. to see Muskets back in Southampton. Always now, a good time with them. I have heard the new Muskets album, or the debut Muskets album, which they produced here in Southampton at the ranch with Neil Kennedy, legend. Mm-hmm. Have said to him that we'll get him on the podcast soon. This definitely needs to happen, yeah. <laughs> so Muskets, if you haven't seen them before, they played the first ever Above the Wave show that I went to. In your uh, kitchen, I think we speak show. about this yeah. in the um, in the main podcast. But if you haven't seen them yet, make sure you go and check them out. And I have heard that album, and you are in for something. Let's leave it at that. Talk about the album when it comes out. Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. this is the freaks stage, not the geek yeah. stage. At the Freak Talking stage. Heads, um, we're just going to run through this lineup. So uh, <laughs> open up. We've got Phaedra's Love. Night Swimming, Head Rush, who I saw at What The Fest. Awesome if you love your sort of big and brash and yeah. loud and fast hardcore. Big up Cam. Is this who we talked about on the main podcast about a, would you rather like keep yeah. a can of Buckfast from him? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that Cameron. Was it. That's Cameron. Um, <laughs> Honey Joy, Fresh, of course, starring George Phillips, who was on the albums of 2016, yeah. Bitch and Brew. Uh, Pet Grief, who, again, once again, incredible at your all day earlier this year, or last year now, sorry, shit, I keep forgetting it's 2017 now, once again storing George Phillips, because he doesn't know when to stop, God bless that man, sad blood, going to be playing here once, uh, playing at the Talking Heads, back in Southampton, always great to see them, Cassells, now I've only just started checking this band out, they're out, as we record this, they're out on tour with... The new Tusk at the moment, yeah. and I've heard very good things about their live show. They're absolutely great, really great. Uh, I'm, I haven't seen them yet, so I'm really excited to see them play, but yeah, heard good stuff about them. Obviously, that music they got out, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Really great. Great, absolutely. Drawstring. Now, I've heard a lot about this band, They're but I, I don't know that much about them. They're just really good, like, two-piece kind of... Got your emo, you know, 
crinkly vibes. I'm really bad with genres. I think we've already covered this. I'm really bad describing what a band sounds like. It's cool. That's why I'm not a, not a journalist. I like what I like. <laughs> I, I put them on a show, but they're really great. And I've been in contact with Ben and Sam for a while on Facebook um, because they played a show, a house show under their other band, Penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't there, so I actually... I've never met the guys before, so it actually be really nice to get to meet them and... Um, party with them I think like Drawstring are amazing that album they released last year end of last year would have made it into my top 10 if they'd released it before <laughs> I wrote my top 10 list but I'd already got my top 10 list down from 40 so I couldn't restart again to it try was and find a great them. year wasn't it yeah what was the number one album by the way uh, Balance Composure like we made obviously <laughs> obviously what else oh come made? on yes um, and then Touche More after that Touche that record is Heartstoppingly yeah. brilliant. Right. And if you wanted to know what my favourite albums of the year were, you can go check out the albums of 2016 special, starring George Phillips from Sad Blood and Fresh and Joey Ashworth from I Told You I'd Eat You and various other bands. Plug. Um, <laughs> now, uh, the last two bands on the Saturday night, the Talking Heads, uh, Wallflower. We were talking about these guys earlier. As, as seen and heard being brilliant on the Boston Manor tour. And all previous So Punk Fests. All previous So Punk Fests, yeah. Just, I think they're the band that I put on the most. Um, Will, in fact, is the person to play the most above the wave show purely because he's also in pet grief and I've put them on enough, enough times. So there's rarely an above the wave show where he doesn't turn up or, you know, one of the guys. Is, it's, <laughs> it's quite nice. <laughs> and headlining that night is Apologies I Have None yeah. now I'm excited to see these guys because I missed them supporting the front bottoms at the 1865 oh, at the I end of last too. year and Narwhals yeah. uh, but they're not playing So Punk Fest Apologies I Have None are playing So Punk Fest yeah. and I only just recently checked out their new album Pharmacy which came out towards the tail end of last year or it might yeah, have been even we... earlier but if you love your big sort of hook-laden, atmospheric, alt-rock, then they're definitely yeah. the ones for you. Very much looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. So that's Saturday at So Punk Fest uh, 3. Now, the final night, Sunday night, the geek yeah. stage. I'm very excited about a few of I'm the I'm very bands. excited. This is, this is my, like, my birthday You're day. So the, I'm, yes, so Kate's <laughs> So if you are not there, you're a bastard. Um, Celebrate with me. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so opening up, you've got Catholic Girls. Now, this is featuring this is, Josh uh, from Gunshy. No, so yeah, it's Josh, um, Will and Dom from Gunshy and Lou as well. And they, they've basically gone and just made like a proper like punk, like just an all-round punk band. Great. Uh, Josh was saying that you know, he just wanted to have a band where he doesn't play guitar and he can just go mad on the vocals, so... I'm looking forward to seeing it's that. It's going to be really good. Is this going to be their first a, show? Yeah, it's their first show. He sent me a couple of um, like sort of demo, like rehearsal recordings and stuff. And what I've heard is absolutely fantastic. It's just going to be like short, fast punk and just really, awesome. really good stuff. Let's go through the rest of this lineup for Sunday then. Arid Wave, Scarecrow Boat. American Sign Language, who you've been bigging up quite a bit lately. Yeah, that's um, uh, a mate of Alex's um, from Plymouth, Adam, a mate of mine as well, really. Um, obviously, you know him through Alex. He used to do stuff at Above the Waves, right. not so much at the moment, because he's moved away. 
Um, but yeah, he Adam asked me, I've got my new band, can we can we play? So I was like, fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> I listened to it. It's kind of like very like La Dispute kind of that kind of range of things. I don't know if you right. listened to the track that they've put out at all. I haven't yet. No, um, but they're really, really good. Like sort of spoken word kind of over... Post-hardcore kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's awesome. really, really good. Looking forward to uh, that then. Um, Pet Library, Don't Worry, Lightcliff. Now, the next band, their name was in compl- all, cap- all capital letters, so I'm going to say it really loud. Patrons! <laughs> Sorry, patrons. Patrons, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, now, the next band, I am... This is probably the band I'm looking forward to most. This for So Punk Fest because that album just made it into my top 10 for being so one. brilliant when it when it came out towards the tail end of last year I fell in love with it about halfway through the first song it's yeah. nervous if you haven't listened to that album Permanent Rainbow then go and change that right away even if you don't even listen to like the rest of this lineup, turn this podcast off now or go listen to go Permanent listen to Rainbow nervous, and then come back and listen to like the last five minutes where we talk about the rest of the bands <laughs> We've got three more. Brighter. Brighter, yeah. Uh, Laurie came to me and he was saying, oh, I spoke to him a few times and just wanted to get him on the show. Because um, we're planning on trying to do like a charity zine and compilation thing at some point. I was meant to have it out for So Punk Fest, but I kind of fell behind due to uni work as well. <laughs> um, and he's getting involved in that. So we've got him on So Punk Fest as well. So it's really good. And he's obviously... A little bit of a plug, going to be back in Southampton with Lark Hill and Hangman at the end of February at the Alex, the show that I'm putting on with the guys at Pure Vida Promotions as well. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we both had our right. share of plugs. There we go. Redwood, who I'm Love very much eyes. looking forward to seeing after their sort of several tours with Sad Blood and yeah. uh, several tours Crazy. with loads of other great DIY punk bands around the country. Yeah, they, they opened up the last Say Punk Fest, so it'd be really good to see them playing so high up in the bill this time uh, really uh, yeah they just they weren't meant to open up the last one but as always Petgrew from Wallflower were late thanks guys uh, <laughs> hope you're listening to this uh, so we had to put Redwood on first and they just blew everyone away they were like and like some of the other bands were like how are we going to follow that oh my god that's great and they weren't incredible, so I'm so glad to get them back on and have them so high up on the bill this time. Well, I'm very much looking forward we'll to seeing them. the weekend, yeah. To close off So Punk Fest. Now, I'm interested by this choice. We've got a solo performance from Ducking Punches. Yeah, um, we did ask Ducking Punches if they wanted to do it, but obviously they've got that whole line-up change going on with two of them leaving, and Dan right. said to us, like, we'd really like to do it, but I don't think will be ready for band by then. Mm. Would you consider a solo set from me? And I was just like, I'll let you know. Um, I was like, check sort of like budget and stuff because I was like, I might just put you on low down, but I'd still love to have you play. Um, but in the end, we're just like, screw it, let's just have him headline it. Like, loads of people were pretty um, disappointed that he didn't, because they were ducking punches are uh, meant to play a show in Southampton at Walkfest. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't do it. I was sad and about a lot them. Of, yeah, out. a lot of people were quite gutted that uh, they pulled out. So I thought, let's get them into Southampton and have a good time. And thought, a solo set, absolutely, it's going to be incredible. Good I'm really vibes. interested to see it. Drunk, folk, punk. Yeah, it's going to be punks. really great still. Like, like, really excited to have him playing for us. Awesome. 
So, that is So Punk Fest 3, brought to you by Above the Waves Promotions and Failure by Design Records. Don't forget to give them a shout out as well. Big up. Big up, Ben and Connor. Um, so, I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be on February 3rd, 4th and 5th. Yep. Friday night, Juniper Berry. Uh, you've five got pound. Five pound for that night. Yep. Uh, middle Distance, Gun Shy, New Tusk, I Told You I'd Eat You, and Headline by Muskets. Saturday, the 4th of February at the Talking Heads, the eight Freak pounds. Stage, £8. <laughs> Phaedra's Love, Night Swimming, Head Rush, Honey Joy, Fresh, Pet Grief, Sad Blood, Cassell's, Drawstring, Wallflower, and Headlined by Apologies I Have None, Nada, £8. £8. <laughs> Sunday night, £7. £7, even cheaper. That's the geek stage, and it's Kate's birthday at the Joyners. We're going to have it luge. Um, Come and party with my parents. <laughs> Are they coming? I think so, yeah. I'm going to be buying them Jaeger bombs all the way. <laughs> Please don't. We need to drive home. <laughs> Catholic Girls, Arid Wave, Scarecrow Boat, American Sign Language, Pet Library, Don't Worry, Lightcliff, Patrons! Nervous. Brighter, Redwood, and a solo performance from Dan from Ducking Punches to headline... And close the whole thing off. And make sure you have an awesome birthday. £7. And for weekend a whole weekend ticket? ticket? £17. £17. That's a bargain and a half. And where can you get tickets? Because they are on sale now, aren't they? They're on abovethewavespromo.bigcartel.com. Awesome. So head over to our Facebook. We will have posted about it a million times. And you'll be able to find <laughs> the link there. Or you can just go to abovethewaves.co.uk. Wow, you bought the domain. I bought the domain. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for recording this extra part of the Bitch and Brew podcast. Thank you so much thank for you. the tea and for hanging out and recording with me once again. So Punk Fest, February 3rd to 5th, above the waves promo.bigcartel.com for tickets. We're going to go listen to this Code Orange record now. Yeah, Code Orange time. sick. Yeah. Code Orange is forever. Right, peace.